Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friday feature for, conveniently enough, Friday, uh, April 17th, or at least that's what it is, according to the bottom right-hand corner of my computer screen. Uh, my name is Damon Heitman. I am one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska. The Friday feature for those who don't yet know or have not been following along closely enough is a little sort of mini podcast kind of a thing that we've been doing, and it's related to what we do on Monday. So on Monday, Pastor Greg and I have a little chat about the scripture for the upcoming Sunday. We then take that chat and that scripture and we share it with a local artist and we ask them to do something with it. <laughs> That's, they can either use it to create their own thing or they maybe they see some connections between it and the piece of art that they are already familiar with. And so we are at that point in the week. We are at that point in the process. And so sitting with this scripture, which is uh, from John chapter 20, it's a resurrection appearance of Jesus. Jesus shows up. Um, the disciples have closed themselves into a room. They've locked themselves in for fear that they might end up suffering the same fate as Jesus. And Jesus shows up, offers them peace, uh, attempts to send them out. Uh, there's a little bit that you might know about Thomas. Uh, you might want to call him Doubting Thomas, but he actually already has a nickname. His nickname is uh, Thomas the Twin. So sitting with this passage all week has been Dr. Louis Eckhart. Dr. Eckhart, are you there? I am here. That is good. You were there last time too, though, and <laughs> then it cut out. <laughs> yeah, I think we got it. I think we got things worked out. <laughs> so, and uh, Louis, remind us, please, of your uh, your your title at the college. Uh, you're at Hastings College, and and your your musical background, I suppose. Sure. I'm, a, I'm an assistant professor of music here at the college where I direct the college band and teach classes in music history and music uh, theory. Um, and I also teach high brass. I'm a trumpet player. Um, my, my doctorate is actually in trumpet performance. And, um, and I also have a background in conducting in music history as well. So. Very nice. And you have connected this passage to um, to a particular piece of music uh, and that particular piece of music is do we need a drum roll before you reveal it or are we just good <laughs> well if you give me a drum roll because of what it is it has to be the most epic drum roll ever um, because well, it's really <laughs> it's really the drum roll from, then. yeah yeah it, um, it's really from um, it reminds me of um, well this whole Easter season that we're in um, reminds me of Gustav Mahler's um, Second Symphony, which is um, uh, subtitled the Resurrection Symphony. Mm -hmm. And so um, immediately when I hear, or, you know, when I'm thinking about Bible stories of the resurrection, um, uh, it, it draws to mind the music from this. Now, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, Jesus, or Jesus, um, Mahler is um, was not a Christian. He was a um, he was a Jewish, and um, but the whole idea behind the symphony is um, this idea of of kind of the end of the world, 
um, being in fear, and then and then um, the hope of resurrection later on. Um, you know, from a from a theo theological standpoint, um, resurrection of us into the afterlife. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there are also some some ties into Jesus's resurrection as well. Yeah, and this um, I Greg and I in our chat talks a lot about um, the fear that the disciples would have been would have been feeling at this time and in this passage, and we connected it to the to our own sense of fear um, related in to the time that we are currently living in uh, related to the the pandemic and the coronavirus, and if not just fear, then the sense of worry or anxiety or being unsure of what what is next what you, and how do we what is the future going to look like and i feel as though there was a time it was about three or four weeks ago <laughs> everything really felt very secure uh, and now it's kind of everything is up in the air uh, and and this passage really connects well with that sense of question and that sense of doubt um, and those sorts of things. Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, I think, I think Mahler um, in his life sort of had the same kind of fear. He was living in Europe um, right at the time that the, the anti-Semitic movement was, was really gaining steam. And he, he actually got out of Europe and came to the United States and um, conducted the, the New York Philharmonic and the Metropolitan Opera. Um, and then ended up going back to Europe, and then he died there um, in the early 1900s. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and 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 you know, being Jewish was something that he really struggled with. He had a lot of tragic things happen to him in his life. He lost some children, and he he even he actually wrote a piece of music called "Kinder Totenlieder," which is um, on the deaths of of little children. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a incredible piece of music, but he just had a, he kind of led a really tragic life despite the fact that he was a, a really well-known and successful musician. Um, yeah. one of the things that, um, that, so we'll, we're about to jump into the, to the particular sections of music. I think that you yeah. sort of off directed us towards, um, but it, it occurs to me you're talking about him experiencing the death of, of multiple children. Um, I started doing funerals when I was 26 ish. Um, and, and haven't stopped doing funerals since then. Um, and that's those sorts of things give you the opportunity um, to think about these sorts of questions a lot to think about to think about death and to think about resurrection and to think about what it means to live in light of the hope of those sorts of things. Um, and it, it seems as though he was sadly also had plenty of opportunity to think about those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and it's something that he really struggled with. And I think, I think the, this symphony on the surface level is um, in, an incredibly glorious work and it ends in, in one way, it's incredibly triumphant. And the text at the end, it's, it's, uh, there's a, there are choirs and soloists in the symphony as well. Um, the text is a very glorious one, but the more you dig into it, the more you um, 
see these sort of shreds of doubt in it as well. Um, yeah. And I, I, I can, I can talk, I can talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you, in particular, you told me that this, this entire piece is an hour and a half. Yep. Yep. It's, okay. It's so we're just going to listen to it straight through. Yes. From the start to the stop. So hope, hope you all uh, grab your popcorn and uh, buckle up. <laughs> Right. Uh, no, you have in particular directed us to the fourth movement and, and kind of the finale of the fifth movement. And you recorded um, a little snippet of the fourth um, movement. Um, should we play that? Do you want to say a little bit of something about that? Should I just play it? Yeah, this, this happens. Um, and when, when we listen to the fourth movement here shortly, which is short, um, you'll hear it right at the very beginning. But this is a chorale for actually three trumpets, and, and it is the resurrection chorale. Um, and so um, Mahler uses it as a, uh, there's a, there's a music term called leitmotif, which is um, sort of a section of music that um, has some sort of symbolism to it. So the best way to describe it is if you think of um, the movie Star Wars, um, Darth Vader has his own theme. And so when he's on screen, you'll, you'll hear the theme. And Luke Skywalker has his own theme. Well, that whole um, idea was pioneered by Rick, Richard, Richard Wagner in his operas. And Mahler um, sort of followed suit with that. So this is, this is the resurrection chorale um, it signifies the resurrection, and it's at the start of this um, this fourth movement. And and I actually um, recorded it. Um, I recorded all three trumpet parts on a video and put it together um, last week. Um, you know, we're all making music in new and different ways, and so it's mm -hmm. sort of a technological adventure for myself to do that. And um, and Absolutely. so, yeah, Damon, go ahead and play it. Yeah, let's give that a listen. There we have it in snippet form. Sure, listen. And, yeah, yeah. And maybe be, maybe before um, you play it, I can I can just sort of talk about the this fourth movement real quick. Yeah. Um, so this movement was was written um, before he wrote the symphony. It was part of a song cycle that he wrote, and. Um, he incorporated it into this symphony. The title is Urlicht or Primal Light. It's in German, but um, the translation, I'll just read the translation real quick and then, yeah. um, then maybe we can play it. It's, oh, little red rose, man lies in greatest need, man lies in greatest pain. How I would rather be in heaven. There came upon, or there came I upon a broad path when came a little angel and wanted to turn me away? Ah, no, I would not let myself be turned away. I am from God and shall return to God. The loving God will grant me a little light, which will light me into that eternal blissful life. 
lovely. And we are listening to um, a re this is a recording from the London Symphony Orchestra. Um, appears to have been conducted by Leonard Bernstein. Does that seem yep. correct to you? Yep. And, yeah. and the mezzo-soprano soloist is Janet Baker. Yep. Okay. So here we go.
Yeah. So every time I listen to that, um, it, it, it's it's really just, in my opinion, just one of the most moving pieces of music that I've that I've ever heard. And I love that movement so much. And uh, you know, the amount of serenity um, at the end of it. Um, you know, just very, very comfortable um, with, with things. And then, you know, the fifth movement starts off being kind of like the end of the world is here. And then that's when things start to get really unsettled. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's interesting that the, the first, the first line of the, of the poetry for that fourth music for fourth movement, excuse me, was, yeah, oh, oh, little red rose. Mm-hmm. And then it keep going. Yeah, and then it starts talking about how man lies in great need and in great yeah. pain, and mm-hmm. um, and I would rather be in heaven. Yeah. Um, so it, it's 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 interesting because one of the things that Greg and I talked about a lot is um, Jesus' willingness to meet Thomas's need. Um, that that Thomas needed a particular thing in order to grow in his faith. Right. Yeah. And Jesus very willingly meets that. And so it's interesting to me that that piece of poetry starts off with this statement of need. And one of the first instrument, the first instrumental thing that you hear in there is that, is that little resurrection, that little piece of music that is, that signifies resurrection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right at the start, we have this resurrection meets this need. Yeah, that's I, I actually hadn't thought of it in that way. And um, that's a really good connection. I mean, man, by our very nature, we have, you know, we have those needs. And, um, you know, we look towards the resurrection and we look towards Jesus to meet those needs. And this is the perfect example, um, you know, to, with Thomas in this passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get into the fifth movement, uh, which you were starting to say really sort of starts with kind of the the end is nigh kind of a thing. Yeah, it really takes you on on a journey and it's kind of a, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear these sort of calls um, in the distance. Um, Mahler actually used offstage instruments to, to sort of signify the end of the world. And there are several calls um, and then, and then just big responses to it. And, yeah. um, and then at, at one point the world just sort of ends and um uh you know then then there's um a choir comes in and the soloists return and they they um uh the text is by Friedrich Klopstock and then um and then Mahler actually wrote um uh, an original text for the very end and um just the sort of the last stanza of the of the the piece and we're actually not going to hear any of the text this happens this is going to happen after that but but the final text in the in the symphony is um die shall i in order to live rise again yes rise again will you my heart in an instant that for which you suffered to god shall it carry you and so um you know the 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 overall the text um talks about um you know at the end of the world we will rise again um in god's loving arms and um, uh, the end of the end of the symphony sort of symbolizes that. The only the only thing that I find very interesting with it is um, uh, 
you know, Mahler struggled with his face and um, he, he struggled with, um, you know, the belief in an afterlife. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, some, some folks sort of have, have um, thought that this symphony is, is, was a way of him trying to um, meditate on that. And, um, and when you listen to it, like on the surface level, it, it is very triumphant here at the end. And you'll, you'll, you'll hear that when we, when we play, um, when we play it, but um, sort of there are tinges here and there of, of things that still sort of leave it unsettled. And um, for, for example, here at the very end, um, uh, we're in the key of E flat major and music written at this time, it was very grand and it was very uh, dramatic. And so it's just this repeating of everything in E flat major and it sounds great. And there's this huge sense of finality and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and then um, all of a sudden the chimes come in and they're in a different key than E flat major and it clashes, but it's sort of buried so that you, you, you can hear it if you're listening for it. Um, but otherwise, you know, E flat just sort of like, uh, washes over everything. Yeah, Yeah. it covers it, but there's this just tinge of unsettledness that you'll hear. And I think that's, I think that's Mahler's fear. We were talking about fear again. Um, I think, you know, his fear of, of there not being an afterlife, um, but, but also trying to take comfort in the fact that there was. So that kind of conflict. And I think we all sort of live in that, right? Oh, um, my. Yeah, I was just thinking, I mean, if that's not the human experience, I don't know what is. That sense of, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this thing. I'm going to do this thing. I think that it'll be okay, but I am not 100% sure. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, that. I mean, I think of our our graduating seniors who are trying to figure out which college or college at all. It's folks who are folks who are having children. When you're going to have a child, you know, all of this sort of all yeah, of the, all of the adventures that we embark on, starting a new job or whatever the case, right? That we think, oh, yeah, this is. This is going to be good. I'm excited for this, unless it's not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it seems like it seems like so many of those things have happened. I mean, I have young children now, and um, uh, you know, the, they're they're growing up in a very different world than than the one that I grew up in, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just it, it's it's hard to not question yourself and question everything and yeah. and um, and, you know, Mahler really captures that in this. So, yeah. um, well, should we give a listen? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We're going to listen to the last about a minute or so, a little over of the, of the fifth movement of Mahler's second symphony. We're going to listen closely to see if we can hear the, it's the chimes underneath. Yep. The chimes and they, they sound like they don't quite fit in there. It's kind of interesting. So see if we can pick them out.
I have two immediate thoughts. <laughs> One, I bet the chime player was very confused when they got that music. <laughs> yeah, two, uh, Mr. Mahler, I think there is a misprint in my part. <laughs> this is not quite quite right. Uh, two, it's <laughs> I, I would not really have noticed that had you not pointed it out to me. It sounded almost as though uh, someone had just kind of like tripped and fallen backstage and, and <laughs> <laughs> made some random noise that that really should not have been there. It's, yeah, that was very musically interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it is kind of interesting. And, and one thing too, that I just sort of, I, I, I just kind of note, I mean, I, I, I noticed just now and just thought about was, I think this idea too of, of, Beam, bum, 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 bum. All these lines are moving up. They're heading yeah. up. And that's, you know, that's sort of that idea of the resurrection. But then all of a sudden there at the very end, you have these chimes that are playing notes in the wrong key. And they're kind of covered. But it, it, it's just a really, um, I just think it's really, uh, uh, just like, kind of like you said, it's kind of the, the human experience. You know, you're very, very confident in it, but, but there's this kind of, there's this hope, I guess, is the only thing that we have to, to fall on from there and mm -hmm. hope and faith, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah. The best that you can do is just to kind of, kind of carry on. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that back to the scripture too, um, you know, this is a time where folks didn't, you know, those folks didn't know what it meant at that point for, for Jesus to have been resurrected. Um, you know, it had just been happened. They, they didn't understand probably that he, he died for their sins and they were saved and all that kind of stuff. So it was all very new to them and very, you know, the, the, the fact that he was resurrected was, was incredible um but uh yeah i just i just i just find it very interesting to think about about that because they we know a lot more about that story than they do um yeah and, that's uh, one of the things that i often think about or and when we're and when we're like leading a bible study or that sort of thing and well why why did the disciple why are the disciples acting like this don't they get it and i said, well, guys, we know the end of the story. <laughs> they're, right. They're, they're characters in the story. They don't know how the story ends. Uh, we know how the story ends. But, um, but thank you, Louis, for, for sharing this with us. Um, yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of connections there between Thomas and the disciples and our own sense of worry or anxiety or doubt and... Um, and, and offering through this piece of music a sort of way to kind of consider how the resurrection might meet some of those worries or doubts for us. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, and I would encourage anybody to, to listen to the music. I, I was telling Damon, you don't have to be a classical music aficionado to enjoy this piece. It is long, um, but uh, it's one of those pieces that at the end of it, um, you know, it's like, it's like when you watch Lord of the Rings, um, the extended version from, from the start to the finish. And when, when it's done, you're like, wow, that was the most amazing journey I've ever been on. Um, it's kind of like that. And it's very, it's, it's, it's tonal. So there's nothing weird in it. 
Um, but it's just a very, very great piece of music to listen to. And, yeah. and so if you're unfamiliar with that, I would encourage you to take a listen. Yeah. So very good. So uh, folks, if they're curious, that's Mahler's Second Symphony. I assume that there are a wide number of uh, recordings available for that. They can find from their favorite music depository. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, thank you, Louie, for joining us. This has been a Friday feature. It's uh, this coming Sunday is uh, behind the disciples behind locked doors and Jesus meeting them where they are. And while we continue to be behind our closed doors due to uh, the pandemic and COVID-19, uh, we pray that God, and we know that God meets us, God joins us wherever we may be. So until then, toodaloo. See you later. <laughs>